WHUPLP Hillsboro. When you find fulfillment in giving back to others and pride yourself on being a student of this thing we call life, I will call you amazing. My next guest calls herself I Am Sataria. She's a singer, songwriter, poet, teacher, and all-around great person. After this amazing instrumental, we are going to get to our guest. So we've got the amazing Satiria here out of Raleigh. Just got back from Sicily. Amazing, amazing person. I've had an opportunity to see her perform quite a few times uh, last year. Um, I haven't seen her perform this year because she has been on the move. Uh, so again, we've got uh, spoken stories, attention poets, and those who enjoy poetry. You are now in tune to the world's definition of art. Listeners being our body and our features being our heart. In honor of those who came before me, I welcome you all to Spoken Stories brought to you by WHUPLP of Hillsboro. Soteria, thank you. Thank you for being here. Absolutely. I am excited to be here. Thank you for the invitation. Oh, of course. I'm sorry it took so long to get you in. Um, things have been extremely busy with school for my kids and um, just stuff like that. But I'm happy that you had time to come up in here. Most definitely. So, poet, teacher, songwriter, singer. Uh, I see your YouTube videos of you singing those vocals. Uh, a little Durham, Riley, Lauren Hill over here. Amen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm so serious. The first time I seen you perform or heard you, I was like, that is exactly who she is and then you uh, I think I seen you sing before I heard the poem and when I love the fact that you are a poet as well it kind of blew my mind the fact that you can sing so well and you are a poet I love bringing that together because I can't sing at all so to have that gift is uh, pretty cool well thank you so much um, I always introduce myself as a poet who likes to sing so um, just in case I have some amazing psalmists with me I love pulling people on stage and giving them a hook and you know we just flow together Oh, yeah, that's perfect. What is the process that you go through to write a song or to write a poem that includes singing? Um, for me, um, I love the experience of uh, just not conforming to actually a process. Uh, I've written some really cool poems um, in the middle of a park. Uh, I love playing basketball. We were talking about that earlier, but I'll pick up a ball, go out there and just shoot and like tell my mind to just go with it. Um, I love listening to instrumental, uh, excuse me, instrumentals and music and just like seeing where the vibe will take me. Um, I've definitely had a beautiful opportunity to speak on various topics, whether it's social justice, whether it's uh, marriage, whether unfortunately it was like a funeral, but just the privilege to bring art um, and community into any form has been such a, a privilege for me. Oh, and it's needed. 
And it's so needed. Yeah. I love the fact that you said that basketball. I feel like as writers, as poets, we are the basketball to the listening ear. Like poets are needed. I say this all the time. I have said this for forever and I will continue to say this. I say this to young people all the time. Back in the day when there were hieroglyphics written on pyramids and in cave walls, yes. there were storytellers. Oh, yeah. And that is what we are today. Oh, yeah. That is what we are today. Uh, do you mind blessing us with a poem? No, not at all. Let's do it. All right, here we go. Let's uh, first poem from our guest, Ateria. Uh, let's see what we have. You want me to play this from your device or you, or you, or do you want to go in? Yeah, let's play it from the device. Um, this piece, I was actually, uh, I had the privilege to perform it um, at the Durham Theater, um, and it was written for a play. So I hope you enjoy it. All right, here we go. The poem that I have in my hand that I'm going to play for you all is called Powerful Inspirational Music. All right, let's see what we got. That was extremely, extremely powerful. Uh, yes, I was playing that instrumental uh, via this device that I have in my hand, uh, but she was going in. 
That was not recorded. She was literally going in. Thank you so much for that, Sateria. Yes, absolutely. We got to exchange something, you know? We can't stay where we are. If we really want to move forward, we have to let go of the pain, the disappointment, the frustration. And the beautiful thing is once you make way, you make space for it, greater things come. That is, have you always had a relationship uh, with Christ and God? Uh, because I've noticed that that is uh, typically what I hear you uh, perform is a lot of motivational and, and inspirational um, poems. So it, is that where it started from for you? Yeah, it definitely started um, in church. Uh, my mom was a minister when I was born. And so um, I actually was inspired to share my poetry, though, uh, by a basketball coach. Um, she was a mentor, and she was the first person who actually heard my poetry. She said, you know, I think other people could benefit from your stories. Um, and that's kind of how I got started. And it kind of just flourished into this beautiful platform where I've been able to speak on political platforms um, and in other different arenas that I would have never saw myself. Were you nervous at first to share um, something that was dear to you or considering watching your mother every day? I'm pretty sure you see her um, get her lesson plan together for the Sundays where she's going to be preaching. Was that easy for you to transition to sharing your work considering what your mother does? Nervous at first. I'm always nervous. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Snap, snap, snap. You know what I mean? For me, um, it's just like suiting up, you know, and you, you're ready. You practice. But at the same time, there's just a grace and an honor that I hold um, with this art, realizing that, you know, not everyone has this gift. And so what am I going to do with it, you know, and, and really taking time to hone it um, as well. Oh, yes. Respecting our craft. Um, I am a poet as well. Um, poet laureate of here of Hillsborough, North Carolina. Um, I really enjoy perfecting our craft. And uh, we were just talking about it before we got on air. Um, the relationship that we have with writing and sharing, and it literally is a gift that we give to everybody. Um, talk about the work that you do. What what, what do you do? Um, now I'm not, not I'm not talking about financially, um, but to give back to the community. What what is um, Satoria's passion? Man, I am really really big into working with um, at risk communities. Um, for the last few years, I have heavily worked with men coming out of prison. Um, this re-entry work has just pulled on my heart, and I've had the privilege to um, do work here in Orange County. Um, and it's just been amazing to change the lives of so many people around me. Um, I'm just starting to work with women in prison now, and I've just been inspired, man. I have this theme in my life where I am so willing to learn from other people, um, their decisions, their choices, and just to see how broken the system has been. Um, and for for people who are coming out of prison to go right back into a broken system has just like boggled my mind. I was like, I have to be on the ground running. And so that's what I've been doing. I've been running. I really appreciate that. Um, I don't talk about this often, but my mother was in prison for over uh, seven years. Uh, went to prison when I was only 12 years old. Um, pivotal time in my life. And she was my best friend. Yeah. So I know how it is personally. Um, I've never been to prison. But I do know that my mother was in prison for seven years. And um, when she got out, she was just different. And she needed somebody like yourself to transition her from being locked up and being when to told to sleep, when to told yeah. to use the bathroom, like literally following directions like an animal to have that freedom back. She just wasn't used to it. Right. And you can see it in her eyes. You can see it when we had family get togethers. And 
just her interaction with other people, you can tell that she needed some hand holding. So I really appreciate the difference that you are making, um, considering like I, I live that life. And I'm pretty sure there is a young man out here whose mother is getting out of prison or father getting yeah. out of prison. And they, the father doesn't necessarily know how to re- interact with that child. So for you to help them, that kind of pulls on my heartstrings as well, because I've lived that life. And I, again, I've seen how my mother was when she got out and she was a totally different person. Absolutely. Um, for me, it has definitely followed me throughout my life. Um, my brother, my my uh, my father, and just seeing, like, wh- where are we breaking down, you know? And for me, once we can identify the gaps, we can fill them. Um, and to be loved and cherished by the men and women who've been in this situation more so than people who haven't. One of the things that really, really get me about people is they don't ever think they've encountered someone that's in prison. And um, it's funny because right around us, whether it's at a grocery store or whether, whether it's at a restaurant, some people are on work release. And you have no idea that person is going to go back to prison tonight to go to bed. But they came to serve you. You know, and so my thing is helping people to understand their identity, identity, excuse me, beyond the number that was given to them. Their oh, yes. identity beyond the job they have, their identity beyond the, mon- the money that they have in their bank account. Um, I think we've got so limited by allowing people, places, and things to define who we are when we're supposed to be in charge and, and be powerful enough to kind of captivate on knowing that for ourselves. That makes sense. And, and who are you to need to know that the person that's serving you was in prison because all that's going to do is give you a vex or qualm about them you're going to have some adverse opinion on what they did you're going to clutch that purse a little bit tighter knowing that the person that you were just enjoying a five-minute conversation from went to prison so for you to let them understand like i I really hats off to you i have my hat on right now i can't take it off because my (laughs) headphones are on but hats off to you so much so much thank you yes so we said that you performed First, from a basketball coach asking you to share your work. So let's talk about this basketball skills. Is that something that you still enjoy doing to go shoot around? Because I play ball all the time religiously. Like my kids tell me, Dad, you are getting on our nerves. You are mad. You need to go hoop. And I'm like, you know what? I love y'all. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So my, I really thought I was going to be the first uh, woman to play in the NBA. And then they came out with the WNBA. This is how long ago I wanted to play. Um, and I've had a couple of knee, knee surgeries, like tore both of my ACLs. So I was going hard at it. Athlete. And so now um, when I first moved to Raleigh a couple of years ago, I played on a co-ed, a co-ed league and um, kind of got thrown out the gym because like I get so passionate about it this guy was like six foot something I wanted to like throat chop him (laughs) for trying to block my shot um but I love it because for me it was therapy like um you know we were talking earlier and so now like I pride myself on being able to go and have resources to deal with frustration and anger and lack of resources but when I was growing up I couldn't afford to go see a counselor you know and then if I can be honest culturally that's not acceptable you know what happens in the home stays in the home and to have to deal with that on a on a constant basis and keep that fear and those stories in your mind this is why i love that it's called spoken stories because some stuff just needs to be shared so it can help other people and what i have learned about my experiences is when i get to the place where um i am i am um not necessarily still wounded from the pain or the things that I've gone over, I can empower other people to step out into their own power as well. 
Oh my gosh, spoken stories. I named it that for that particular reason. I have a hard time talking about myself. I have a lot of poems that I wrote, and I don't have any poems about my mother being in prison. Zero. Because it, it is a hard topic for me. Yeah. So in the sense of spoken stories is literally getting it off of our chest. And um, transitioning that to basketball, I feel like that is basketball for me. And I can tell that it was that for you because you said you wanted to chop somebody who was like 6'6 six, six and probably could have picked you up and, dunk, exactly. and dunked you. Because you are not a tall person. <laughs> not you are all. not a big person. <laughs> and they could have picked you up and dunked you. Yeah. So I, I really enjoy the fact of that passion. Like my kids laugh at me all the time. Because I am a good basketball player, like not bragging, but I can play. And I talk so much crap. I talk so much crap. If I shoot a three in your face, the next time I'm going to try to do it again. And I bet not make it the second time because it's going to continue. It's a wrap. Yeah, it's a wrap. (laughs) It is a wrap. We have Satiria here, artist out of Raleigh, singer, songwriter, poet, teacher, always smiling. One of the first poets out of Raleigh who congratulated me for being um, Poet Laureate. I seen her at the, um, oh my gosh, it was in Greensboro. I want to say Artist the, the um, was it? Oh, it was the, the poetic um, slam that they had, National Southern Fried. It was Southern Fried. So, sorry, it was at Southern sorry. Fried. And I really respected that you came up to me and was just like, you know what, congratulations on being Poet Laureate. It made it made my day. I even told my wife, like, oh, my gosh, uh, artist out of Raleigh that we see each other on the scene, she's congratulating me for winning. And it kind of just did something to me. And I really, really appreciate that. Most definitely. Um, with you and your family and your work, your book, I mean, you're an inspiration um, to so many people, and uh, one of the things that I talk about even with the, the men and the women transition out of prison, and just people in general, we're always thinking about what legacy are we going to leave, and my thing is, what is the legacy that you're leaving at this moment? You know, don't wait until you're gone to talk about, like, what you could have done and should have done, and when I saw that you had been honored with that, I was like, man, this is inspiring. Like, I want to be that when I grow up, you know. Um, For me, I've never been like a slam poet. um, And the open mic scene is where I definitely started. But to have the privilege to have your name on a town, like, come on now. Like, who does not want that? So I would definitely, like, commend you to continue to do it. And I know just as I am inspired, people around you who will never have the guts to come to you and say, hey, or maybe they just shy, whatever, um, you're, you're making a lot of changes in this community. I want to let you know it's starting with the community, but I tell you to continue moving forward because it has to be the world. Don't just stop here. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for that honor. Um, what is big for me is because I have kids. Um, I've created three kids and my wife created two. So together we have five kids that we love on all the time. And what's big for me is that my kids come in here on this radio show. Um, they see me working. Uh, yeah. When I got honored as Poet Laureate, my daughter brought me on stage and performed a poem that she wrote for me oh for gosh. that occasion and did it flawlessly. So it's the relationship that my kids are building with success. I had to tell my oldest son um, that you succeed at everything that you do. And he looked at me like, whatever, Dad. And I had to remind him, like, hey, son, this is your first year running cross country and you're the best sixth grader here. The coach has told you that um, you you auditioned for a play last year and you got the part um this is your first year in middle school and you're getting all a's like accept that and it's so good for me to tell him to accept this success because he sees how well i accept success and a lot of people sabotage success oh yeah a lot of people put themselves in a position to be great 
And as soon as that moment comes, yeah, they don't show up for the interview yeah. or they miss the shot. So I really love that my path because my kids see that and it gives them some confidence, which I hope that they continue to wear well. Absolutely. Um, my, my motto for the last, I don't know, month, a couple months has been back to my genesis. So back to my beginning. And one of the things I had to teach myself is most people, whether it's a job, a relationship, whatever it is, we move when it's bad. So we constantly move from bad to good to bad, from bad to good, bad to good. And what I had to teach myself is it's okay, Soteria, to move from a good place to a great place and from a great place to a greater place. I don't have to wait until, um, you know, I'm in this, this in the trenches, so to speak, before I move. When I see it getting there, when I'm no longer being fulfilled and challenged, I've learned to definitely uh, take that walk on water, so to speak, and transition into just greater things. That's, that's amazing. That, that sense of non-complacency yes. is what you just described without even having to use that word. It is, let me go from good to greater. And that is, in my opinion, that is what makes success. You don't see a bodybuilder happy that his um, nutrition is good. He's yeah. not going to continue to gain. LeBron James is not LeBron James because he was LeBron James in high school. He continues to be great. And oh, in yeah. my opinion, I wish there were more people that had that particular mindset because we would have an awesome world out here if more people were striving to be good and then striving to be great and then striving to be better and then so on and so forth. Yeah, I mean, you can bring up LeBron. I got to bring up Curry, Steph Curry, because when you look at his family, he comes from the ideal family if we're looking from the outside in. But he had that same opportunity to self-sabotage because mm -hmm. it's presented to us all. And so you talk about work ethic and definitely walking and living into your greatness. Like, man, I totally respect, I mean, LeBron and Curry, you guys need to come to Raleigh, give us some tickets, we'll come see the game. <laughs> um, but just to see that they are no longer complacent even in being great, you know. Um, and I remember early on LeBron really talked about um, his relationship with uh, Jordan and how Jordan was an inspiration. Um, and then you start to see, you saw him mature, and then he really started to be comfortable with his own identity, you know. And I think that once we get there, we can realize, yeah, sometimes you're the person that other people are looking up to, and mm -hmm. you got to be ready for that. I made this post um, maybe like six months ago. I will never, ever forget it. It just came so impromptu one morning. And I was just like, um, LeBron at one time tried to be Jordan. Mm -hmm. um, there, Beyonce at one time looked up to Whitney Houston. Yeah. Um, everybody has this particular poets in Raleigh look up to Dasana Hanu. Like that is a true thing. But big but here, punchline <laughs> coming, that you stop looking up to people at some point in your life because if you continue to look what they are doing, it's going to stop you from being who you are. And that is a true statement. You feel like my, Michael Jordan jumped from the free throw line because Dr. J jumped from the free throw line. And right. then Josh Smith jumped from the free throw line. But what if nobody was trying to emulate that dunk? And yeah. what if they were trying to do their own dunk? It would have been something for us to enjoy opposed to that constant free throw line dunk. Yeah. So I'm saying, like, with that being said, it's good to be original by paying but by paying homage. Of course, I appreciate this person showing me how to do that, but you don't necessarily have to emulate it at all. I agree. And you know what I've learned is the people that we always look up to are not necessarily the people that are teaching us because the mentors that I have direct contact with, they empower me and challenge me to be better than them. And so the problem is when we get people who really are not going where we're going and they've never been or they become intimidated because at some point in time, 
if you if, if the sensei is there your sensei should want you to outperform them you know to outlive them to out um outdo them in every aspect and partially that's because they know who they are you know what i mean and so oh my god i never um had a chance to meet Maya Angelou, but she's definitely on my uh, my bucket list. But seeing the things that she's done, um, artists like Lauren Hill, artists like India Ari, um, Ed Sheeran, like people who tell stories in their art, mm-hmm. um, it's just influenced me. And so I'm just like always, like, who are you around? Like, how did you get like this? You know, those things I want to know so I can kind of put them into my own um, into into who I am. You know. Oh, yes. It it makes you who you are when you can appreciate that. I've got satiria here, meaning deliverance, preservation, safety, salvation. Those are some beautiful words coming from a beautiful name. I love that. It has some Greek origin in there. Satiria. She tells me that she realizes her life, her satiria, satiria, excuse me, is for the world and is not just for her own life. That is amazing. I'm going to play a song here. Uh, by Soteria. You can find this on iTunes, Google Play, Amazon. Buy this song. If you enjoy this song, um, please, please, please purchase this song because it, it is amazing. And here we go. It's okay to dance in the way. It's a tad bit harder to see the sun through the rain But if you look to the Father, you'll see the sun who reigns And give God permission to wash away the dispositions of your pain Cause even if your storm, even if your storm Tries to manifest itself in a familiar or unfamiliar form You've already once been reborn And given a seat to speak with the authority to transform So remove the umbrellas of doubt and fear So you can feel the connection between heaven's condensation and a seeds in the field let your rain, the first rain, lead you to the summer's monsoon. Let your faith cause you to glide across the water and establish a firmament on the moon. Let God write your story in a saturated cloud as you ascend from the waters of predisposed miracles and be purged. Be purged from the toxic pollutions that may fall because even the beauty of colored rain has the potential to be just as forbidden as the fruit of the Garden of Eden. And I can only hope that you'll believe me so you won't lose your freedom. So you can gather your army, gather your army and lead them, lead them through the Red Seas, lead them through their disbelief and teach them God's anthem on how to receive, for together, for together you'll supply the need, so huddle, so huddle as you shiver in the cold, cause soon this rain is gonna turn into snow and create a harmonic picture of what it looks like to see heaven implode right here on earth and to witness what it sounds like to see man being formed from the dirt, so don't you dare go crawl back into the cocoon and speak death to your worth. You take your rightful place. You were born to be the first.
Amazing, amazing song right there. We have Soteria here in the studio. You just heard her song, Yore. 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 Can you please give us some insight on that? It's okay to dance in the rain. Yeah. Um, Yore, um, in Hebrew, it means the first rain. And so um, my my name is Greek. It means Soteria. And so when I meet people, they're like, is that just your stage name? And I give my mom credit because that is a beautiful name to uphold. Um, so yeah, Yore, man. Tell somebody you know a little bit of Hebrew. Find it. Go grab it. <laughs> that is a great song. I played that song earlier uh, before we even came to the studio, and my daughter just started dancing, yes! and, and it's, I'm so that is not an exaggeration. <laughs> and she just started dancing and was like, "Dad, that's a great song. Where'd you get that from?" And I was like, "Well, <laughs> she's about to be at the studio." <laughs> so I kind of got a little cool points from that. Thank you for sharing that. That song is available on iTunes, Google Play. Amazon Music, it is Yore, Y-O-R-E-H, and it is by an amazing artist that I have sitting beside me by the name of Soteria. Wonderful. Thank you for that plug. Go get it, guys. Please go get that song. Um, go get that song. Um, so iTunes, Google Play, Amazon Music, I have a question for you. Yeah. When you finish that song and you're like, you know what, this song needs to get out into the world and then you put it out into the world on iTunes. When you first searched your name, your song, and you seen it on iTunes, what was your first thought? Um, emotional. Um, you know, I think as an artist and just as people in general, we always are our worst critic, you know? And it was like, am I good enough to do this? You know? And you have that fear. Is anybody going to buy it? Does anyone want to listen to it? Um, I'm pretty, I think I'm much better in person. Uh, so if you can ever catch a live show, um, come there. But to actually record yourself. And what I've learned is like, there's some moments I record myself on my phone and replay it. And I need that to kind of uplift myself. So to hear yourself, empower yourself has been absolutely amazing. Oh, yes. We have these dumb words that somebody created like uh, arrogant and cocky and mm. self-centered. But what you just said kind of diffuses any of that. I need my words to motivate me. Yeah, that absolutely. is that that is beautiful. I need me something yeah. that I created to motivate me. Yeah. And there is nothing arrogant about that by any means. It's like I knew I created this during a good moment, a fulfilling time. And I need to get back into that presence. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, yes. I have. um one poem on iTunes. It's my apologetic poem, um, and it hits on race and how when we die, um, I honestly believe that the first thing that God is going to do is say sorry. Um, mm. I'm sorry for this importance of color wow. that the world has um, put upon us when it was literally just a painting. Like, we are literally just brush strokes on a painting in my eyes because this world would not be as beautiful if it was just a bunch of people with the skin tone as myself. Um, we are both melanated people, and your melanin is yeah. a little more darker than mine. And yeah. we make a beautiful picture together in this room. Yeah. So in my opinion, I feel like God is going to apologize um, to us over the importance that we put on race. And earlier, I'm, I'm saying this because before we turned on these microphones, you and I were kind of hitting on those points on how the world uses 
uses race to separate us. Can oh, you yeah. can you um, chime in on that? Yeah. So um, I did an internship with the Episcopal Service Corps last year, and um, I found myself working with the United Church of Chapel Hill, um, the interfaith um, social service here uh, in Chapel Hill as well, where I was at the men's shelter doing some social justice stuff with Justice United. I mean, I was just all over the place getting my getting my um, hands dirty. And through the United Church of Chapel Hill, I was sponsored to go with their choir um, to Germany. And so that was the first time in my life I had ever been out of the country. And after the third day we were there, we were there almost two weeks, and um, I had the beautiful privilege to do poetry um, and sing. But after that third day, I cried. I was so filled with emotion. And when I got back here, I had a the honor to speak in several places. And the first thing I said to myself is, for the first time in my life, I know what it feels like to be a human first, a woman second, and then black. And what I also had no clue about is that America is not the world. If you've never traveled out of the country, you grow up and to you, America is the world. And so to think about myself as a human being, you know, for me, it was very challenging. Because if I don't remember that I'm black in America first, I could put myself in compromising um, positions, you know, um, and and just to have the experience, I will forever be grateful um, to the United Church of Chapel Hill, who they have just like really loved on me, cared for me. Uh, they fed me. They've let me into their homes. I mean, just to be loved by people who don't look like you um, has just been absolutely life changing. And it's sad. It's so sad that we put so much importance on the color of our skin yeah. that to even get loved on by somebody who is not the color of your skin is amazing. Oh, yeah. You, you see what I was like? Yeah. That was so great for them to love on me because we are told not to expect it. Right. And I'm not even saying a parental told, a televised told. Yes. We are told repeatedly via our music, via the shows that we watch, um, even sports. Um, I really, really believe that it is a beautifully designed monster that the world has put on race and even in the sense of jerseys from a sports event the home team wears white that is a thing and then you look at that sports event without you knowing any particular players on that team you see this white jersey versus a red jersey like our mind goes color all the all the time so it's hard for us to separate that from just everyday situations where it's where it's not um, a thing to be, oh my gosh, this particular family just loved on me and they are white. Yeah. Because that's how the world's supposed to be. I got to mention this. This is so important. So I was very frustrated when I went to Germany about the sign when you cross the street and the uh, the um, subconscious control that we have to deal with. So when you cross the street, I never know if you pay attention to this, but the man who tells you to cross the street is a white man. And I always thought to myself, why is it he green? Green means go. Red means stop. The hand is red. When I went to Germany, do you know what color that man is? He's green. Why? Because green means go. That's hilarious. Yo, I'm telling you, I was just like, what in the world? But this is this subconscious thing where the only way I move and I'm safe is if I'm being told by a white image. Oh, my gosh. You wanna, It's so funny. Last night, uh, my wife and I was hanging out with some friends, and um, I pulled up this video that I found on Facebook, and it was talking about... Um, marble statues Mm. and how when we go into an art museum we see these beautiful figurines these marble statues amazing art it's one of my favorite pieces of art when it comes to like marble work Um, but what is that marble artwork what is what color is it 
white. White. Yeah. So the video that we've seen, there was a um, student. I cannot remember her name or what school she went to. She did a study, and she kind of broke down art back in the day, and she said there is no way that this art that we see in this museum is white. There's no way that this is white. At one time it had color, but considering it's from a long time ago, the color wore out. But we don't necessarily put the color back on there because we have that white superiority um, within us. So when we go in these museums and I admire this art, I have no relationship to it because it doesn't look like me throughout my whole life. But maybe at one time it did. So that's kind of what you're saying with the with the sign, the street signs It's saying that this whole Americanized concept of race. And I'm putting those quotes up is white and everything else. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. We we even see that now with the NFL with the taking a knee for the justice of people of color and it not being um well respected or even welcomed. And it's it is it is literally crazy the importance that we put on race. I will yeah. never I will never get over it. Absolutely. Yeah. On that on that note, let's let's go ahead and play some more awesome work by my guest here. You are listening to spoken stories of WHUP Hillsboro and I've got Satiria here and we're going to play some more amazing music, spoken word poems and um you know what I might I might I might even spit a poem today. Come on now. I might even spit a poem Go today. <laughs> Why not? Why not? All right, let's do this. The next one we have here is called Above Everything. everything you're worthy just the way you are you are amazing you are powerful and no one can tell your story the way you can no one so I encourage you today tomorrow as you move forward to look inside of you and remember there are no replicas But by the words you speak, 
By the commandments you've forsaken, the judgments you keep are the fruit of your lips, your savor diction, your glory by fiction, your corrupt depictions. I mean, the words you use have been slowly incriminating, yet it's God you pretend to be imitating. These are the facts that I am just clearly stating, just as the seasons your works are slowly fading. You thought your rules and your religiosity could stop me, but your rules and your religiosity could not possibly hinder the God in me. I will admit this, your humanity, your humanity candidly put a demand on me And be believed that diabolical entities could witness to me Let me forget whoever the sun set free was so free indeed So to my own self I began to prophesy I began to prophesy that I would live and not die It's hard for me to just, like, enjoy that. Like, it, it, you're doing something to me over here. <laughs> like, I, I'm over here, just hand on my face as you are performing, and then the harmonizing, to go from the soft chords in your voice to the powerful poem, and then bring it back to, the, like, you are an artist. Um, I'm, you are so much more than a spoken word poet. I am a fan of spoken word poets and poems. I listen to it all the time. And I am going to tell you, sorry to burst your bubble, you're not a spoken word poet. You are an artist. Um, there's a big difference for you to know when to go high and when to go low and to harmonize and then to sing with it. And this is thank you. Thank you for being my guest. Thank you for being here. And thank you for your work. Absolutely honored. Thank you. I'm pretty sure that when you um, step into these prisons or talk to these people and you share your gift with them, um, because I, I can tell just in normal conversation, you are very passionate. So I'm pretty sure when you approach them, that passion shows. And then for you to share your work, it, I'm pretty sure the look that, that you get is like, wow. Man, I will tell you, when I first started, um, I think one of the, the closest encounters I had was when I was teaching um, through Wake Tech, I was teaching at the men's shelter in Raleigh. And I had so many people discourage me. They were like, listen, those guys are crazy. You don't know what you're getting yourself into. Be careful. And I went in, and the first thing I said to them is, I will treat you like a king. I don't want to know what you did. I don't want to know why you're here. If you have a criminal record, I don't want to know that. I said, I will treat you like the king that you are until you give me a reason to treat you like a peasant. And everybody's just like bust out laughing. But the amount of respect that I had going in with that approach, there were things that I did not want to know about their past when I first walked into the door because I just wanted to know who they were at that point in their life. And so as I've started to do this work, um, I've become so, uh, you know, just mindful of who they are now. And there are some things in our life, man, what I say is we've all done something. We just didn't get caught. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And so for me, it's, do you really love people? And we were talking about this before, but I have learned in my life that early on, and, and I'm sure I do it now, I thought that I love people unconditionally, but I really love them with conditions. I love them if, when, how. Um, and so I have definitely tried to force myself to mature out of that place of comfort and more into this place of grace. I love it. Uh, that is really amazing. You, um, It's almost as if loving somebody as a child yeah. um, because unfortunately kids are very naive 
Um, you can tell them to eat a tree bark and they will eat it and they feel like that's what they're supposed to be doing because they trust you mm-hmm. and they will love you after you discipline them and things of that nature. So it's almost, I'm going to try to adapt that um, as I walk out of the, this um, studio today. It's just loving everybody as a child. I have a tattoo of the world um, and I have the word love in the middle of that. And that, that just kind of strengthens my mindset to that, just loving everybody as, as a child and um, really being unconditional with it. Thank you for that. Most definitely. I can't say it enough. We've got Satiria here, amazing artist out of Raleigh, um, drove to Hillsboro to be my guest on this show. Uh, we've got spoken stories of WHUP, Hillsboro, um, and, and we're not done yet. I said that I would share a poem yes. considering I feel inspired. Um, and the guests listening, you know, this is a rarity because the show has nothing to do with me being poet laureate of being an artist. My job is to um, listen. But I got to go ahead to share a poem today, so why not? Is it even possible? I know it seems logical, but sometimes I think it's an impossible obstacle to actually give thanks. To show how much you really appreciate the fact that God woke you up this day. To simply say thank you honestly doesn't seem like it's enough. The magnitude of my gratitude can even be compared to the measure of the world's longitude and latitude. If needed, I'd walk the distance from the earth to the moon, which has been charted at 232,088 miles to express with every breath in my chest that God has given me the reasons to smile. That he has given me the opportunity to be here now, so I stand proud. The simple two-word sentence of thank and you in conjunction honestly seems so redundant considering his ability to wake up everyone in the world and still remember me. While giving me the eyes to see and the ability to speak and the ability to reach inside of me and bring forth the ways that he gave me, he just keeps giving. While I'm taking and he's giving and I'm taking and it seems that all he ever wants me to say, all God ever wants us to say is thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I really, really love that poem. I love the energy that you put into this room today. Um, It is so important to be thankful. I have had so many trials and tribulations in my life, and I'm pretty sure you have too. And people listening, you all have had trials and tribulations in your life, but don't forget to be thankful for waking up because that is a new day that you can accomplish a new goal. Absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. What do you think about that one? You like that? Man, like, I'm trying not to get emotional. You know, I'm low-key thug. You know, <laughs> I can't be snotting. Like, they're going to be like, you ugly crying. We can tell. <laughs> Start exhaling and stuff, man. Hashtag low-key oh thug. God. That is it. Hashtag, Low-key thug. That <laughs> I work is- in the prisons. You know, I got to, like, ugh. ugh. You know what I mean? Put my muscles out. I mean, I got a bicep that's kind of growing. That's like the world-renowned noise of tough. Ugh. Ugh. It really is. Everybody does that. You tough. Ugh. Yeah, it's I'm, either that or your stomach hurt, bro. Like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we go take the. La- I love it. We got some laughter. We got some motivation up in here. We got Sateria. We've got Yore on iTunes, Amazon, Google Play. Please, please, please go grab that. Let's let's ask a question. You want a fun question or a serious question? Which one? Fun, man. Fun question. What were you like in high school? Um, I mean, I was like, I was cool. Hello. Uh, but no, seriously, I was an athlete. <laughs> like I love basketball, and so I was like really. Um, God, I really, I really want to go to WNBA. Maybe they can hire old people now. But um, yeah, I was just fun, chill. Uh, you know, had corny jokes just like I did just now. Um, Were you like um, 
school focused, sports focused? Did you have like time for boyfriends and things of that nature? Or you was? Oh my God. Yeah. So, um, the crazy thing is I really, uh, the guy that I, um, his name um, was Tim, but I thought I was going to marry him. And when I left high school, I think we were together like two years or something. And when I was, that's long for high school. That's long for high school. Bro, that was like long for anybody. Yeah. Like everybody, you who? I mean, you're married, you know, so you don't don't you be changing your mind no time soon. But most people was like, no, nah, not today. That worked today, and they change. Uh, but love takes work, mm-hmm. right? And it has to be like this whole thing of like being grateful, which you talked about in your poem. Like, thank you goes a long way. Um, I I actually went to all Christian private schools. Um, and so elementary, middle, and and high school, and high school. Yeah, bro, wow. I had twelve people graduate from my high school class. Talk about culture shock when the first public school I attend um, was George Mason University. Wow, I had no clue they had all of these different kinds of people in the world. Like, talk about exposure, right? It was just me and like the three groups of people I knew existed um, where I was from, and so uh, school really played a huge part um, in in shaping, I guess, the part of my. Uh, my, my poetry and my, my art. Were you a poet in high school as well? I started in high school, yeah. And then um, I started really, like, understanding what it was more when I got to college, though. Mm-hmm. And really kind of seeing myself different than other poets. Because I know my, like, it didn't sound the same. And I went through this phase where, like, I should sound like certain people, you know, because this isn't poetry. Like, do I have too much of a cadence? Like, am I going too fast? Mm-hmm. Like, all these things I was telling myself um, until I really, you know, that whole identity thing, um, it, it came to fruition uh, in, in college. And uh, for me, I lost my brother. He was 35 when I was in high school, my senior year. And uh, I had the privilege to write a poem uh, for him. And that kind of just changed my life. It's like, you know, I do this for the living and I also do this for the angels that have passed. Wow. As well. Yeah, that is an amazing quote right there. Thank you. And I'm sorry to hear about your brother. Thank you. Um, I've never... I've been fortunate enough um, to not have anybody like super close to me pass, so I don't know how I would have been able to deal with that. And um, yeah, so this is quick, quick moment of silence for your brother. Thank you. We've got Satiria here um, sharing herself, um, basketball, poetry, laughter, making corny jokes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I got another question for you. Yeah. If you could snap your fingers and be in the studio with one artist, um, either deceased or still living, what is the one artist that you would want to work with? Bruh, you going to make me choose one? One. You got one. Uh, I mean, ever since I've been little, I have replayed Sister Act 2 in my life over and over and over. And um, Lauren Hill, man. Lauren Hill would be the one. I could see that being a beautiful collaboration because she is a poet as well, and you both bounce those vocals. I would I would pay for that concert to see Satiria yes! and Lauren Hill. <laughs> Hopefully she would show up Come because on. you know they're trying to play her nowadays. Don't Talk do about that, she don't do. <laughs> don't do that. I went to see Lauren last year. She was in Durham. It was the first time I did not have bootleg tickets, and the first time I did not have tickets all the way in the back. I was up front and I just like stared at her and I think she got there a couple hours late however <laughs> if you just stick it out y'all Lauren my girl like See, if you if you if you don't go to the bathroom don't yeah. eat don't go check stick on your kids she mm-hmm. gonna show up she gonna come now that's what I appreciate <laughs> it, it may not she, she kind of like Jesus. he don't come when you want him but he always there on time that's what that's what my mama told me growing up so Lauren may not come when you want him but she always there on she time. on time that is perfect the artist that I would work with is Andre 3000 oh. uh, I just feel like I, I would try my hardest to impress him and I don't 
work. I don't live. I don't hoop. I don't do anything to impress people because I'm always trying to be myself. But I would enjoy trying to impress Andre 3000. For him to just give me, like, the thumbs up, that was a nice line, that would be it for me. And I would enjoy trying to impress him. Like, I I would dance. I would jump through the hoops. Every bar that I ever wrote, every poem, I would try my best to give it to him. Yo, you know who's killing it right now, too, though? Chance the Rapper. Chance is amazing. Oh, my God. I feel like Chance and I will be friends. Yeah, right. That's like my homeboy. Yeah, <laughs> like, I think, like, Chance makes yeah. everybody in the world feel like we know him. Exactly. Yeah, he's so nice. Like, oh, my God. I love how his relationship with his daughter and how yeah. he talks about her all the time. Like, oh I used to God. get drive people crazy with my daughter poems and, like, oh, my gosh, bro, can you talk about something different? No. Exactly. My daughter's my life. And I live for her, and I'll make sure that she knows that. So I really appreciate Chance doing that. We've got Soteria here, Spoken Stories, episode number two. Uh, we're, we're climbing up there, guys. I'm not going anywhere, I promise you. Spoken Stories is here to stay. We've got Soteria here in the studio reciting words, talking about her mother, uh, her influence. We've got a lot of good things going on right here. I'm going to play a track that I heard earlier that really really did something to me i I played this twice um it's called never alone and this is by my good friend satiria Forget the impact you've left 
and that goes for every boy and girl. There is no limit to what you will do. Remember, you are stronger than you know. There is no limit to what you will overcome or the places you will go. Always remember, I am so proud of you. All you've done and all you have yet to do. Remember, there's nothing that you can't do. And even when things go wrong, be strong. Remember the song. Look to each other. Look to each other and say, We are never alone. You are never alone. As I was playing, I couldn't help but just think about the imagery in that video and that song of like, we are not alone. So many people need to hear that and realize that we are not alone. That's real. Yes. Thank you for that. What was the inspiration of that song? Oh, my gosh. Um, my friend, Samantha, uh, she was teaching and at that time I was in Virginia where I'm originally from and I was doing a long-term substitute teaching job and I decided to teach her class and we were in this um it was a math class these kids were teaching me okay they were absolutely amazing and as I started to transition out and the school year ended um this is the gift that I left them with and I gave all the kids I don't know how many it was but um gave all the kids this song and I told them like no matter what you're never alone um, and we talked about this little boy, but his expression, this little boy said very little in class, very quiet, sweet. And I started playing the song and he just broke down and cried. And for me, it was like, you know, this kid, his expression was like, I've never been told that. I've never been told that I'm proud of you or that you're never alone. And so to be reminded of how inspirational and influential rather we can be with art and poetry, like it just has no limits, you know? No limits at all. Um, I've got Sateria here. She's got me feeling good on this Sunday, um, feeling ex extremely good with these inspirational words, the stories that she's telling. I've got one final question for you before we close out. Yeah. What's next? Wow. I know, right? I love that question. What's next for you? What's next? Um, I'm really interested in moving forward in education, um, looking into uh, some grad schools right now. Um, I want to continue the re-entry work. Um, but as far as the poetry, I, I have to get this book done. I'm limiting myself. We were talking about that. Um, there are doors opening. And what I realize about most people is we never think that the doors are going to open. And when they're open, we're too busy packing our bags when we should have been walking through. Mm -hmm. And so I'm living out that place where I got to stop packing and walk through. And so um, I want to definitely work on the book. And I would love to get an album together. Yore, you guys heard that earlier today. That is my absolute first single. Um, but I love to, to get an album together and kind of do a book and uh, album like 
combination. I don't know what you call it, but um, you and I were talking and just to be inspired by you and what you've done with your book has just been like, all right, it can be done, you know, to have somebody that looks like me, you know, that's around the same age, you know, that we come from similar struggles and things like that, that's doing the work. Like I don't have an excuse. And so for me, even being here today, it holds me accountable to uh, move again, not from a bad place to a good place, from, but from a good place to a great place. Thank you so much. And I look forward to holding your book. Um, and respecting it and letting others know um, this is a good book. You are an amazing artist. It was very important for me to have you in here. Uh, thank, you. thank you, listeners. Thank you, Satiria. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for playing your single. Again, it is called Yore, Y-O-R-E-H, available on iTunes, Google Play, and Amazon Music, and it's a wrap. Thank you so much.